Oh, what's going on, kids? Hey, so what's going on? It's Degrassi Buddies, Cereal and GrapeJuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at Gourmet Scum Concerts all around uh, Ontario. And it's time, as I said, for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. This is episode 12, and today we are recapping Degrassi Junior High, season 3, episodes 10, 11, and 12, as we're getting down to the end of the Degrassi Junior High series. But fear not, as we will be doing Degrassi High. Yeah, anyway. Anyway, let's just get right down to it with episode 10 of Degrassi Junior High Season 3. This one entitled 20 Bucks, air date January 30th, 1989. And before I start, I just want to say this episode is one of my all-time favorite episodes because the story is great, the character is great, it features a couple of my favorite all-time characters of the Degrassi universe, starting with Melanie who surprises Kaylin and Trish at a restaurant after she got her braces off. And she's excited about having her braces off as her life is going to change. And that's when Joey walks by and he says hi to Kaylin, but she ignores him. Snake, who's with Joey, smiles at Melanie and she says hello to Snake. Melanie then tells Kaylin to just admit that she likes Joey still because he still likes her. And Kaylin does a little smile. And that's when more friends show up, including Diana, and they notice Melanie has no braces. And Melanie wants to celebrate and offers to buy everyone Cokes and pizza. Because, uh, yeah, uh, I've never had braces, but I'm sure it is life-changing. As is the intro, which we get after Melanie's celebrating. After the intro, class ends, and Melanie tells Caitlin that her mom was mad that she spent all of her money, which was 20 bucks. Diana walks up to the both of them and asks them if they're going to the Gourmet Scum Concert. Caitlin and Melanie say that they're not going because they hate the gourmet scum. And Melanie says that she couldn't go anyway because she's broke. That's when Kathleen walks by. Melanie says hello to her. And she asks Kathleen how she's doing. And Kathleen replies that it's none of her business and keeps on walking. Elsewhere in the hallway, Joey comes across Allison and her friend and compliments them. I think the friend is Nicole, right? Let me look it up real quick just so I... Because they appear a couple times in in the next couple episodes, so give me literally a second. And no, it is not Nicole. It's Amy and Allison. Okay, I don't know why I thought it was Nicole, but I knew it was Allison. But it's Amy and Allison who uh, are starting to get their little, uh, the little rocket attached to their characters in the Degrassi universe here. Anyway, Joey comes across Amy and Allison, and he compliments them on their looks. Allison says that they don't talk to 8th graders, and they leave, and Joey says that he doesn't talk to 8th graders either. BLT then makes fun of Joey, and he makes a bet with Joey that he can't get a date for Friday night, and Joey accepts the bet. Elsewhere, Snake is waiting in the hallway when Joey appears and tells him about the bet that he just made with BLT. Snake gets upset because Joey's supposed to line up with him to get gourmet scum tickets that Friday night. Joey realizes that, he forgot, but he can't back out of the bet, and he asks Snake if maybe Snake can get the Joey's ticket if Joey gives him the money. But Snake says that they only allow two pe- t- like one person to buy two tickets each, you know, two tickets per person, yeah, that kind of thing. But Joey doesn't see what the problem is, you know, hey, you, one for Snake, one for Joey. And Snake says that he wants to bring a friend. And that's when he spots Melanie coming down the stairs and he shoes Joey away. Snake then pretends to take a drink from the water fountain. And then he quickly gets back up and he nervously asks Melanie if she's going to the Gourmet Scum concert. And he invites her to go with him. Melanie says, sure, <laughs> even though she hates them. 
And Snake tells her that he can only that he only has the money for one ticket, and they're twenty bucks each. Melanie says that she can bring the money tomorrow. They part ways, and Melanie is on cloud nine. At lunch, Spike is excited about going out on the weekend because she doesn't get to do much anymore since little Emma's arrived in the world via the stork. Joey approaches, and he asks Liz out for Friday because Spike obviously is talking to Liz. Who else would she be talking to? Liz says that she can't go out. She can't because she has to line up for gourmet scum tickets, and besides, she and Joey are just friends, remember? Remember? And Joey was like, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. My bad. Elsewhere, Melanie tells Caitlin and Diana that Snake asked her to the concert. Diana says that she thought Melanie didn't like the gourmet scum. And Melanie says that she's not going for the music. Exactly. Duh. <laughs> Melanie says that she'll get the $20 from her mom in advance of a babysitting job that she has on Saturday. Melanie then goes back to being on cloud nine because everything is awesome after getting her braces off. <laughs> oh, seriously, man. The Melanie character. Ugh. Great, great. I love the Melanie character. We cut to Melanie's house where her mom tells her that she can't give her any money. Melanie begs her mom and says that she can pay her mom back after the babysitting gig. But her mom still refuses as things are really tight. Her dad's behind on child support. The rent is due and there's groceries to buy. The next day, Joey asks Lucy out to go out on Friday. Lucy just smiles at him and walks away you know, with that as-if look on her face. BLT saw this happening, by the way, and tells Joey, nice try. <laughs> Elsewhere, Shane and Luke arrive for school, and Shane says that he can't go to the concert. Luke insists because the gourmet scum are going to break up after the tour. And that's when we see Spike in the distance, or they see Spike in the distance as well. And Luke suggests to Shane not paying child support just one time, as it won't make a difference anyway. In school, Joey's asking the twins, Heather, Heather, and Erica, if one of them want to go out with him on Friday, and they laugh at his ass. <laughs> and he leaves as they make fun of his shirt. You know, Joey and those, he always wore those, like, Hawaiian shirts, button-ups, plus that hat. You know, that's Joey Jeremiah. What you gonna do? Meanwhile in class, Shane tells Spike that he can't give her the child support this month. And he says it's because he's broke. Spike gets upset, but she accepts it when Shane promises to give her the money next time. Elsewhere, Melanie tells Caitlin that her mom wouldn't give her the money and asks Caitlin if she can loan it to her, but Caitlin can't because she's also broke. Melanie then asks Diana and Trish if they can loan her the money. And Diana says that she can't because it took Melanie so long to pay her back the last time, while Trish says that her allowance is on a diet. The class begins and Melanie, poor Melanie, is sad. Just thinking of what she's going to do. <laughs> allowance. <laughs> ah, allowance, yeah. You're allowed to have some money. <laughs> After school, Liz tells Spike that Shane's a pig for not giving her the child support this month, and Spike defends Shane because he said he doesn't have the money. Elsewhere, Melanie is waiting for Snake so she can tell him that she can't go to the concert. And when Snake shows up, Melanie starts to tell him until she quickly, in the midst of her sentence, changes her mind and tells him that she forgot to bring the money today, but she can bring it tomorrow. Melanie then tells Caitlin that she doesn't know what she's going to do, but she just has to go to this concert. You know, Melanie and Snake, man. Melanie and Snake. Meanwhile, Melanie gets home from school as her mom is on the phone. And her mom asks Melanie to run down to the store to get some milk and that her purse is on the table. Melanie says no problem. She goes to her, mom, her mom's purse, pulls out and opens up the wallet, and she takes out a couple of 
American $1 bills and notices a $20 bill American sitting there. And I just want to say, as I've said already, past episode, I have the box set of uh, all the Degrassi stuff that I'm reviewing. The box set DVDs. And I know for a fact that on the TV version, the Canadian TV version of this episode anyway, it was Canadian money. But here on the DVD set, it is American money that uh, Melanie uh, notices. So Melanie looks over at her mom, who isn't looking, as she's still on the phone, and Melanie takes the $20 American bill. And it's funny because the close-ups of the money are American money on the, DV on the DVD episodes, but the wide shots, the money that she's holding is clearly Canadian. So, <laughs> hey, what you gonna do? Melanie leaves for the store, and the next day at school, Snake suggests to Joey that maybe they should ask Wheels if he wants to go to the concert too. But Joey says there's no point because Wheels hardly ever goes to school anymore and he doesn't want to do anything anyway. BLT then shows up and reminds Joey about the bet that they have and Joey says that he'll be there with his date. Snake then asks Joey who his date is and Joey admits that he doesn't have one yet when Caitlin walks by. Snake tells Joey to just ask Caitlin out but Joey doesn't think she'll accept. Joey then tracks Caitlin down in the hallway and he asks her out for tonight. Caitlin thinks about it for a second it's a little quiet, a little bit of a pause, and then she eventually accepts as a little smile appears over her face, and little Joey gets excited. Well, not so excited, but he's happy. Good for him. In class, Caitlin happily tells Melanie that Joey asked her out, and that he seemed vulnerable or something. Melanie asks Caitlin if her mom is going to let her go out on a date with Joey, and Caitlin says that if she tells, uh, if she tells her mom that she'll be at Melanie's house, it should be okay. And Melanie says, yeah, no problem. Melanie then tells Kaylin that she got the ticket money from her mom, but her mom doesn't know about it yet, thus admitting that she stole it, or in her words, she borrowed it, <laughs> and can give it back after her babysitting gig on the Saturday, and her mom will never know, but Kaylin is not impressed at all. We go to the stairway where Liz is overhearing a conversation that Luke and Tim are having about the Gourmet Scum concert, and how uh, Tim, or sorry, how Shane is going to be going as well. And after hearing this, Liz goes up to Spike and tells her that Shane is going to the concert. After hearing Luke and Tim talk about it, Spike then quickly goes up to Shane and calls him a liar. Shane tells Spike that he's entitled to a life. And Spike says that she was going to go to the concert. Shane asks Spike that why should she get to go instead of him and it's his money. Spike tells Shane that she does a lot of work, that, well, that she does all the work and would like to do something like any other 15 year old. Shane tells Spike that she's lucky that he's nice. God. And a lot of guys wouldn't give her anything. And Spike replies that Liz was right. Shane is a pig. Shane is a freaking moron. Shane, you're lucky I'm nice. God, idiot. Meanwhile, Melanie gets home from school as her mother's going through her wallet. And she asks Melanie if she's seen a $20 bill lying around. As she had three 20s and now she can only find two. But Melanie says that she hasn't seen it. Melanie's mom says that she needed that money for groceries, and Melanie suggests getting more money from the machine. <laughs> and her mom tells her that she can't get what isn't there. <laughs> exactly. What do these kids think, man? You just go to the machine if you have a card and it'll give you money? Oh, oh, you have a card. Here's some money. Come on, man. Kids, how stupid are you? Ah, oh, but Melanie's cool. Anyway, Melanie's mom asks her if maybe she took the wrong bill by mistake when she went to get milk the other day, and Melanie said no. The phone then rings and it's the parents for Melanie's upcoming babysitter gig 
And as Melanie's talking on the phone, a slight look of shock comes over her face. And then she hangs up. And she tells her mother that the babysitting gig for Saturday has been canceled. As her mom continues looking for the money. Oh, Melanie. Oh, why'd you do that? Oh, oh, Melanie. Damn it. Meanwhile, Joey and Caitlin arrive at the diner after seeing a movie together. And they see BLT and Michelle sitting in a booth and they join them. Caitlin offers to buy everybody Cokes. Since Joey paid for the movie, Michelle offers to help Caitlin to carry the drinks back. Joey then sits down with BLT and celebrates winning the $20, or sorry, the 20 buck bet. <laughs> they always say 20 bucks in this episode, hence the title. <laughs> and uh, meanwhile, so BLT starts to get the money out that Joey won. When Joey notices Caitlin and Michelle are on their way back to the booth, Joey then quickly tells BLT to pay him later, but BLT says that he always pays his debt and hands Joey the money as Caitlin sees it. And BLT says, Joe, tells Joey that he won the bet fair and square. He said you'd get a date, and you won, and you did. So here's your 20 bucks right in front of Caitlin, who freaks out when she finds out that Joey asked her out on a bet. And she takes the Cokes and dumps them over Joey's head, and she storms out. Joey runs after her outside where it's pouring rain. And we get a classic scene, which I love. Caitlin, the bet was just a joke. Oh, right. Really, I wanted to go out with you. Yeah, so you could win 20 bucks. No, I don't care about the money. You want to see how much I care about the money? Joey. This is how much I care. Caitlin, the reason why I asked you out is because I wanted to go out with you. Joey, you could at least walk me home, even if you are a drip. You know, this stuff is really sticky. You deserved it. At least with this rain, I won't need a shower when I get home. I don't know about you all, man, but Joey ripping that money up was just a classic, memorable moment for me. Uh, it's one of the reasons I love this episode. That's the Joey and Caitlin uh, uh, slow burn, and you know anything that any episode that features uh, the Melanie character, I love. Period. Oh yeah, I love it. Anyway, at home, Melanie is doing the dishes as her mom is still upset about the missing money. Melanie asks her mom why Dad's child support payments are late. Your mom says that dad probably doesn't have the money. Melanie's mom then gives her a hug from behind and says that she was so proud of how she had been managing her money. And then she goes and loses $20 like a total idiot. Melanie then quietly tells her mom that she didn't lose the money. Her mom looks at Melanie's mom looks at her all confused. And then we cut to the next day. And at the next day, Melanie tells Caitlin that her mom grounded her and she can't go to the concert. And she may as well just have kept the braces. Melanie then sees Snake and he gives her her ticket for the concert. And she tells Snake that she can't go now because she's grounded. Snake asks, what, what about the ticket? And Melanie says that she'll probably just sell it. Melanie then suggests that they can go out when she's not grounded anymore. And Snake awkwardly replies, maybe, and leaves. 
<sighs> Melanie then over right instantly overhears Liz and Spike talking as Spike says that her mom will babysit a little Emma and give her the money for a ticket to the Gourmet Scum concert. But the tickets are sold out. And after hearing this, Melanie stops them and offers to sell Spike her ticket for 20 bucks. Spike and Liz get big smiles over their face as Melanie holds out the tickets or her ticket waiting for the episode. We get the freeze frame and the credits. One of my favorite episodes because of the I I'm I was always a big fan of the Joey and Caitlin, the slow burn, and obviously things are going to happen in Degrassi High. But I always love this episode. Plus, as I said, anything with the Melanie character because Melanie's so she's funny, she's quirky, <laughs> she's great. But that was Degrassi Junior High season three episode 10, 20 bucks. 20 bucks and yeah man the American money for you silly American audiences but I'm telling you all you silly Yankees who might be listening to this trust me first of all the show was filmed in Toronto Canada and uh, on the Toronto version it was all Canadian money so you're missing out yeah on the awesome look of the Canadian $20 bill yeah (laughs) anyway we move on to Degrassi Junior High season 3 episode 11 and it's a part one of a two-parter and these two parts aired on the same night. It's Taking Off, Part 1, air date February 6th, 1989. And this is a very, very uh, important episode as it uh, it features... Uh, yeah, well, well, yeah, you're going to see. Well, you're here. So anyway, yeah. Here we go. We start with Wheels arriving home from somewhere. And his grandmother asks him where he's been... And Wheels replies, school, of course. <laughs> oh, Wheels. God, that guy. Neil Hope, rest in peace, did such a... He was such a great actor. And he did such a great job portraying the Wheels character. Even later on when... I don't know about everybody else, but I just couldn't stand Wheels. But we're getting there. Anyways, Wheels' grandmother tells him that he's got mail, and Wheels gets a little bit excited. He's got some snail mail. Yeah, man, when you're young and you get actual snail mail, that was a pretty big deal back in the day. Probably is still to this day, but how many people get some snail mail nowadays? Bloody hell. Wheels gets his mail, and it's a postcard from his birth father, Mike. Wheels' grandmother asks him how school was today, and Wheels says that it was fine. And that's when his grandmother tells him that the school called and said that Wheels hasn't been showing up. Wheels says that maybe he didn't want to, maybe he doesn't want to go to school anymore. His grandmother says that education is important, which it is, kids. Yeah, and that his parents would want him to go. And Wheels says that what would his, why would his parents care? They're dead. And he storms off to his room to read the postcard, which is a, which is a happy birthday message from his birth father, telling Wheels that he's in Port Hope for a two-week gig, and the place that they're playing at is on the front of the postcard. Wheels looks out of his bedroom window at the cars driving by on the highway, and that's when we get the intro. After the intro, we're at school where class ends, and Mr. Garcia tells his class that the school pictures have arrived finally, and kids can take them home for their parents to choose which ones they want, which and the super awesome copies of them, and what sizes they want. I remember that, man, back in the, back in the day, the school pictures. I remember when we got them, and they were finally given to the schools they'd come in wrapped in like plastic like loosely wrapped and then we'd take them home to our parents and our parents would go through them and then it came with a little piece of paper 
that would say, okay, I want this many copies of this picture, this size, this many copies of that picture, that size, and then you had to pay for them, obviously. So yeah, remember those days. I don't know if it's still like that now, but I'm sure I, I would guess they're still not free. You know, it's a, it's a service they're providing. So anyway, Spike and Liz are excited about going to the Gourmet Scum concert as Nicole and Amy remark from behind that the Gourmet Scum are disgusting. Back in class, Garcia asks Snake to give Wheels his school pictures. And Garcia tells Snake that the next time he sees Wheels, tell him that he has to he has to start coming back to school again for his own good. And because the law says that he has to. That, that is the case back then. You By law, you had to. I think the legal age where you could legally drop out of school back then was 16. Don't ask me. I'd never dropped out of school. But I don't know what the case is now. But yeah, back then, if you were under 16, go to school or else. Uh, or else, I don't know. <laughs> I guess group home. Anyway, elsewhere, Melanie isn't happy about her school picture this year because the picture was taken before. First of all, she isn't happy about it because the previous year she the previous year she had a big zit, <laughs> and now this year, in the school pictures, she still has her braces on. Diana sees no problem with the braces, nor do I. Okay, Melanie, I always thought she was cute back then, man, with the braces and without, man. Hey, it's the personality; it, it worked. The Melanie character was awesome, man. Awesome. I mean, it's a shame they didn't bring her back for Next Generation, damn it. Crying out loud. Anyway, Melanie doesn't, still doesn't like the picture because she still has braces in the picture. And she jokes that maybe that she'll just burn them. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, elsewhere in the hall, Joey and Tim bump into Luke and Shane. And they suggest that they all sit together at the Gourmet Scum concert since they're all going, and they agree. And when Joey and Tim leave Shane and Luke... Shane asks Luke if he got the stuff. Luke says that no, he didn't, but the guy will be at the concert anyway. Shane asks Luke if it's real acid. Luke says that it is, and that he's bought it from the guy before. Shane asks Luke what it's like, and Luke says that it's incredible. And after about a half an hour, you're flying, and Shane gets excited. I myself have never tried acid and never will. I've only done the, the Maui Wowie and some hash. That's all I've ever done. Uh, meanwhile, after school, Caitlin tells Joey that she can help him with his math. After school, Joey accepts. Snake appears and pokes fun at Joey for being in love. Joey says that Caitlin's just helping him with math and that's all. Snake then asks Joey if he wants to go with him to drop Wheels' school pictures off. And Joey accepts. Snake then says that school is not... Uh, the, the school's not happy with Wheels for not showing up, and Joey defends Wheels by saying that, you know, Wheels' parents died. Snake replies, saying that that was ages ago. And Wheels has already said it doesn't bother him anymore, but Joey doesn't believe it. We cut to an arcade at a diner where Wheels is playing a classic wrestling video game that I used to play back in the day called The Main Event. I pumped a lot of quarters into that game. A lot. I was a big, big wrestling fan back then. I still, I, mean, I don't watch it anymore, but I have a nice tons, a nice collection of wrestling DVDs and that, and that. You know, I don't watch the product now. I haven't watched it regularly in like since 2004. Just saying. But that video game, yeah, I pumped a lot of quarters into that game. So yeah, Joey and Joey and Snake arrive at the diner and they greet Wheels and they give him his school pictures. Wheels puts more quarters into the machine, and Joey asks Wheels where he gets the money to play these video games all the time. 
And Wheels just nonchalantly tells him that he sold his base, which shocks Joey and Wheels. And Wheels tells him that the Zit Remedy isn't going to do anything and that they're a joke. And he asks Wheels, when was the last time the Zit Remedy did anything anyway? And Joey says that if Wheels came to school more often, they can do more. And Wheels says that maybe he doesn't want to go back to school, okay? And continues playing the game. Afterwards, Wheels tells Joey and Snake that he hates living with his grandparents because of the rules and they're so old. He says that if his grandparents keep bugging him, he's leaving. Joey and Snake ask Wheels, you know, where, 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 is, where would he go? And he says that he'd go to Port Hope. And he shows him the postcard from his dad. Wheels gets excited about the rock star life and Joey tells him that that's why he shouldn't have sold his base. Because that's where the zit remedy was headed. <laughs> ah, well, they did have that one and only song, right? <laughs> God. <laughs> we cut to the Gourmet Scum concert venue where people are starting to arrive, including Spike and Liz. Shane and Luke are off to the side making a transaction for acid from a guy on the street. As Tim buys some gourmet scum merchandise and he sees the drug deal go down. Tim asks them about it and they just shrug him off. Shane then asks Luke how they're supposed to t how they take acid and Luke says to just swallow it. And Tim tells them that they're crazy and it's dangerous. And he warns them that acid contains strychnine and it stays in your body. And he asks them if they even know what strychnine is and they say no. And Tim tells them that it's rat poison. Luke rolls his eyes and says that he's done acid before and he's okay and Shane looks but Shane looks a little hesitant. Luke puts the acid tablet or paper in his mouth and he tells Shane that he does if, if he doesn't want to take it he doesn't have to. <laughs> but Shane takes it anyway and says he's not chicken. That's when Snake, Joey and BLT show up and they join the group and they all head in. I mean as I said I've never taken acid but I've heard that it's basically like a piece of paper that you put on your tongue and it melts or something. But this is only based on the movies. And in the movies, it's basically basically the size of the little piece of acid in the movies is basically the, the thing that Shane puts in his mouth is like the size of a postage stamp. Whereas the size of acid in the movies is about probably one-eighth the size of what Shane put in his mouth. So bloody hell, Shane. Hopefully he'll be okay. <laughs> Anyway, meanwhile, Wheels is at home watching wrestling, featuring a Coco Beware versus a Jobber match. That's right, for those of you who have known what that means. Jobber, that means some nobody that a known wrestler fights or wrestles, if you will, and beats. They're called enhancement talent, the Jobbers. They, get, they got paid like 50 bucks, so they'd get their asses handed to them by a known wrestler like Coco Beware or Hulk Hogan. And uh, yeah, they'd beat their ass, and then that would raise their stock going into a major event where the Coco Beware would face another known wrestler. So, jobber. Yeah, Coco Beware. Anyway, Wheels' grandmother returns home with dinner. She's got some chicken. And Wheels says that he's not hungry because he already had fries earlier. And Wheels' grandmother gets upset after Wheels didn't do the dishes. And Wheels just nonchalantly said that he forgot. <laughs> and his grandma says that she doesn't know what she's going to do with him. And Wheels says that she doesn't have to do anything. And that's when she tells Wheels that his social worker is concerned about him. And everybody is concerned, but Wheels just doesn't care. And she tells Wheels that he needs to go back to school or he can be put into a group home. Wheels instantly gets up and he asks her if that was a threat. 
His grandmother says that she and her husband, you know, Grandpa, just might be too old to look after Wheels, and a group home might be the best option for him. Wheels freaks out and storms off to his room, where he calls his grandmother an old bag. And as his grandmother is outside, just nonchalantly asking him to open the door, <laughs> like, please open the door, Derek. Please open the door. No, yell at him, damn it. He deserves it, especially... Uh, maybe if she yelled at him, Wheels wouldn't have turned into such an irritating prick later on. <laughs> anyway, Wheels is in his room. He looks out the, uh, once again out of his bedroom window at the car's driving. He puts some clothes into a bag, and he says that he's getting out of there. The next morning, Joey is asleep in bed when the phone rings, and his mom calls out for him, and she tells Joey that it's Wheels on the phone, and Joey gets up to talk to Wheels. Wheels tells Joey that, that he's at the diner, and he tells him that he needs to borrow some money today, and he still has to call Snake. Joey and Snake arrive at the diner wearing their gourmet scum concert gear. Wheels tells him that he's taking off and that Joey and Snake are the only ones who knows where he's going. Joey and Snake each give Wheels some money as Snake tells Wheels that his grandparents will be worried but Wheels doesn't buy it as they want to put him in a group home and he doesn't want to live with a bunch of strangers. Snake still doesn't think running away is a good idea and he tells Wheels that he doesn't even know where Port Hope is. So how's he even going to get there? Wheels pulls out a map he says that it's only a couple hours away by car, and he's going to hitchhike. Snake tells him that that's dangerous. Yeah, no shit. But Wheels insists that he can take care of himself, and he'll find his dad by using the picture on the postcard, the picture of the venue. Joey and Snake wish Wheels the best of luck as he leaves. Snake still doesn't like the idea, and Joey says that sometimes he feels like running away as well. But Snake says that that's not like really doing it, but Joey is positive that Wheels will be fine. And that's when we cut to Wheels as he's picked up by his first hitchhike-e, or his first driver. We cut to Joey's house as Joey returns home as his mother's on the phone and she's sounding worried about a missing person. She asks Joey if he's seen Shane and that it's Shane's mother on the phone because Shane never returned from the Gourmet Scum concert the previous night. Joey takes the phone and tells Shane's mother that he saw Shane at the concert but doesn't know where he could be now. He hangs up and Joey's mom tells him that Shane's mother called the police and she's scared because there are so many sick people out there. Joey quickly gets a concerned look on his face as he slowly heads to his room. Yeah, there's some crazy people out there, Joey. And you're just fr you just nonchalantly sent your friend off to hang out with him. <laughs> Meanwhile, we cut back to Wheels, who's hitchhiking again, as the one and only Zit Remedy song plays in the background. <laughs> and it's a montage set to, set to Everybody Wants Something. And during this montage, Wheels is getting picked up by more cars. He's walking on the side of roads and highways, playing air guitar as, as the one and only Zit Remedy awful, awful song. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, that song is terrible. <laughs> Uh, Wheels is then picked up by another car, and it's a woman who later drops him off near a sign that states that Port Hope is now 28 kilometers away. And later, Wheels is picked up by another car. And Wheels tells the man in the car that most people call him Wheels because his last name is Wheeler. And they drive off. Meanwhile, the police arrive at Luke's house to talk to him. And the cop asks Luke if he knows where Shane is after going to the concert with him. And Luke says that he figures Shane's at home. 
He tells the cop that he and Shane parted ways after the concert. You know, they both went their separate ways. And the cop tells Luke that Shane didn't return home last night. And he asks Luke if he has any idea where Shane is. And if he saw Shane talking to anybody. And he asks Luke if Shane was acting unusual in any way. Luke looks down at his shoes. And he shakes his head no. The cop then asks Luke if Shane was taking any drugs. And Luke replies that Shane doesn't do that stuff. And he doesn't know anybody who does that stuff. The the cop just looks at him for a sec, thanks him, and leaves. Meanwhile, the driver asks Wheels where he's heading, and Wheels tells him that he's heading to Port Hope to see his dad. The driver asks Wheels if, you know, aren't you a little young to be out alone? And Wheels tells him that he'll be 15 next month, and he can take care of himself, and he's been around. The driver then asks Wheels if he's got a girlfriend, and Wheels says no. The driver then suggests that Wheels isn't, maybe Wheels isn't interested in girls, and Wheels says that they're okay. And then the driver then suggests that Wheels should try fooling around because it feels good. And there's nothing wrong with something that feels good. Wheels asks the driver what he does and the driver says that he's a salesman and he travels a lot. The driver then looks at Wheels all like a friggin' sleaze bag as Wheels is looking off in the distance. And the driver then says that he's got some things that he needs to do up ahead and it'll only be a short detour. And Wheels nods in the affirmative. The driver then turns onto a road that has a road, a road closed sign on it. And the, he tells, he says to Wheels that he hears something wrong with the engine. But Wheels says that it sounds fine to him. The driver pulls over anyway, right in the middle of nowhere. And after pulling over, the driver again looks at Wheels like a freaking scumbag. <laughs> and he again, or he looks at him again like that, and he tells Wheels... That he's a good-looking young man. And the driver undoes his seatbelt and slowly moves closer to Wheels, who starts to back off. As the man starts rubbing his leg, Wheels' leg, he tells Wheels to relax and that it doesn't hurt. As Wheels then pushes the guy away and jumps out of the car. The dickhead tries to go after him when Wheels finds a rock, picks it up, threatens to throw it right at him and tells him to get away from him. The man quickly gets back into his car, tosses Wheels' bag out, and quickly drives away. I would have taken that rock and freaking smashed it right through the freaking window of that dickwad. But anyway, anyway. And now Wheels is stranded on a side road in the middle of nowhere as his birth father's voice is played, reading the message on the postcard. And Wheels starts walking again. And it's to be continued as the credits roll. A great episode with an even greater follow-up as the Shane character. Man, Shane, Shane, Shane. Wheels, wheels, wheels. Everybody, everybody, everybody. (sighs) Anyway, but as I said, the second part aired on the same night. Episode 12 of Season 3 of Degrassi Junior High, taking off Part 2, February 6, 1989. And we start with a recap of everything from Part 1, and we get the intro. After the intro, the kids arrive for school, Snake asks Joey if he's heard from Wheels, and Joey says that he hasn't. And uh, Wheels, sorry, uh, Snake is worried, but Joey tells him that tells him that it's only been one night. And Snake suggests telling someone, but Joey refuses. Snake then tells Joey that Wheels' grandmother called his house and was crying last night. Joey says that she called his house too, and if Wheels doesn't call tonight, they'll tell someone. 
Meanwhile, on the steps, Liz and Spike are talking about Shane going missing, and Spike believes that Shane just ran away. And uh, by the way, I just want to continue. Just about everybody at this school apparently went to the concert as they are all wearing gourmet scum gear. <laughs> I love this show. <sighs> Meanwhile, Caitlin and Melanie arrive for class. As Melanie says that her mom actually likes the school pictures, then hey, there's nothing wrong with them. Okay, Melanie's awesome, and she hey, watch this episode, people. The link's gonna be in the description, serialgrapejuice.com. The link to all these episodes are gonna be in the description. Watch this episode. At one point, we see a clear shot of Melanie's school picture with the braces. There's nothing wrong with it. There's, so come on, man. Gosh, she also she's quirky. She got that awesome quirky personality. So who cares? She can have one of those full metal things wrapped around her head for her braces, man. She still would have been great. Uh, anyway, Caitlin sees Luke in class and she asks him if he knows what happened to Snake. Sorry, Shane. I spelled it shake. If she knows what happened to Shane, Luke gets slightly irritated and says he doesn't know and to leave him alone. As Melanie then suggests that Shane may have gotten kidnapped. <laughs> oh, she's so awesome, man. Joey arrives and Caitlin offers to help him with his math and Joey, Joey accepts. She then asks Joey if he heard about Snake as Luke is listening in or overhears from a few seats away and he's starting to look a very awkward in his seat. Raditz then arrives and he starts talking about the disappearance of Shane McKay. And he says that the police have asked him to inquire that anybody with any information should let them know as Luke still looks awkward as hell, especially as Raditz, while talking about this, stops right in front of Luke's desk. <laughs> God. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, man. They, they just... This is right in your face with this show. I love it. Meanwhile, we go to Wheels, who's still hitchhiking to Port Hope, which is now just four kilometers away. Wheels then arrives at a building. He takes out the postcard and sees that the building on the card matches the building that he just arrived at. And Wheels heads to the building, which is actually a small hotel. Wheels tells the guy at the front desk that he's looking for Mike Nelson and that Wheels is his son. The guy tells Wheels that Mike is in room 7 and Wheels heads off. Wheels gets to the door at room 7. He knocks on the door. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he knocks on the door and Mike answers and he's happy to see Wheels. And Wheels tells his dad that he ran away and his dad totally understands. <laughs> he asks Wheels if he's still playing bass and perhaps he can be the band's bass player. <laughs> and Wheels is ecstatic. Because he was worried that his dad didn't want to see him. But his dad assures Wheels, uh, assures Wheels otherwise as they belong together. And he tells Wheels that it's them against the word. Sorry, like them against the world. However, <laughs> it was actually all in Wheels' head as we cut to him standing at the door about to knock. Poor Wheels. <laughs> oh, Wheels finally actually does knock on the door. And his dad answers, opens the door, and he's not enthusiastic at all about seeing Wheels, like, uh, like it was portrayed in Wheels' fantasy. <laughs> and Wheels is a little upset about that. Mike asks Wheels what he's doing there and where his parents are. And Wheels tells him that his parents died in a car wreck last year. But his dad didn't know, and he apologizes. Mike then asks Wheels where he's living now. Wheels says he's living with his grandparents. His dad then asks again, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Wheels says that he came to see him. 
Mike then tells Wheels to wait downstairs to have breakfast together, and he just shuts the door on him, leaving Wheels outside just looking at the door. <laughs> Wheels is upset and slowly heads downstairs as he overhears his dad talking to a woman in the room who was asking who was at the door. <laughs> oh, Wheels. We go back to school. Secretary Doris knocks on Mr. Radish's class door and asks to see Luke. She tells him that there's some people there to see him. Luke goes out in the hallway with Secretary Doris, where he is greeted by two cops, one of which was the one he spoke to earlier. And uh, we get the following conversation. Hello, Luke. You remember me? Yeah. Last time we met, you said, he doesn't do that stuff. I don't know anyone who does that stuff. We were talking about drugs. Honest, we don't do that stuff. We found Shane. We found him below a bridge. It looks like he jumped. Or perhaps he fell. Is he all right? He's alive, Luke. Barely. He's in the hospital. Will he be okay? I'm afraid it's too soon to say. Now, I want you to tell me the truth. We've talked to a lot of people, Luke. We have reason to believe he was on drugs. Maybe he took some acid, okay? Oh, I love this show. Oh, poor Shane. Oh, well, what are you going to do? But that, that was... And the look on, on Doris's face in the background as the cop is telling... Luke, that uh, wheels apparently fell off or jumped off a freaking bridge. Uh, well played by Doris, the secretary. What a scene. Anyway, we cut back to Wheels, who's joined by his dad and asks where Wheels' grandparents are, who, or who asks where Wheels' grandparents are. Wheels tells them that they aren't there and that he hitchhiked to get there, which freaks out his dad, who asks Wheels if he ran away. Wheels nods his head. And Mike tells him that he needs to call his grandparents because they'll be worried. But Wheels uh, disagrees, but he says that if he calls his grandparents, then can he stay? Mike then replies that if Wheels calls, he and Wheels can talk. So Wheels calls, his grandmother answers the phone, and she's relieved that he's okay. And Wheels tells his grandmother that he can't tell her where he is. And his grandmother tells Wheels that she and the grandpa are very worried. And Wheels tells her to just let Joey know that he's okay, and he hangs up. Wheels' grandmother then realizes that Joey must know something. We go back to the hotel where Wheels tells his dad that his grandparents said he can stay. Ah, yep, Wheels, come on, man. <laughs> Don't make me hate you before it's actually time to hate you. <laughs> Mike then tells Wheels that he can't stay as Wheels takes out the postcard that Mike sent him for his birthday. Wheels says that he can help with the band and carry stuff, be a roadie, that kind of stuff, you know. And he tells his dad that they're blood and he has nowhere else to go. Mike agrees to let Wheels stay just for the day and then they've got to figure something out. Mike then tells Wheels that he's got some things he needs to do and for Wheels to just sit there and wait. Wheels asks his dad when he'll be back and his dad, Mike, says in a while. And we hear the voiceover of Wheels' fantasy with his dad. <laughs> well, that didn't sound good at all, but you know what I'm talking about. The voiceover of 
of Wheels' dad being all excited to see him. That's what I mean. Get your head out of the gutter. Come on, people. <laughs> Back at school, Wheels' grandmother arrives in her car and she runs toward the building. Radich is teaching class when it is announced on the PA system for Joey to head to the office. Joey asks Radich, what did, he, what did I do? <laughs> and Radich says he doesn't know, but to go to the office anyway, dumbass. And the class, all Joey's classmates think he's in trouble again, and they do the ooh. <laughs> Joey arrives at the office where Wheels' grandmother's there waiting. She tells Joey that she heard from Wheels and he's okay, which relieves Joey. Wheels' grandmother then begs Joey to tell her where Wheels is. Wheels is where Wheels is, and Joey eventually does. We go back to the hotel where Wheels is playing the band's bass guitar when a member of the band arrives and tells Wheels to put the bass down. He tells Wheels to leave when Mike shows up and tells the guy that Wheels is his kid. And Wheels assures the guy that he wouldn't break anything. And that he plays bass too and that he's played for over a year. And the guy jokes that that must mean Wheels is a real pro. And he laughs at Wheels. And you know who else laughs at Wheels? His dad laughs at Wheels. <laughs> Wheels gets upset and sits down by himself. We go back to school. Classes end as N and Nancy announces to the class that she has a get well card for Shane for the kids to sign as she's going to take it to him at the hospital after school and we go to the hospital where Shane is lying in a coma with his dad by his side and Shane is, Shane's face has got bruises and scars all over it Nancy and Tim show up to give uh, the card and some flowers to Shane uh, Shane's dad tells Tim and Nancy that Shane hasn't gained consciousness, consciousness yet and nobody knows if he'll, if he'll be okay and he asks them to pray for Shane, and they say that they will and they leave. We cut back to Wheels' grandmother driving to Port Hope, looking incredibly concerned. Meanwhile, Wheels is still in the hotel dining room, uh, reading the postcard as his dad is off talking to his fellow band member, like several feet away, just ignoring his kid. And that's when a pregnant woman arrives, and quietly tells Mike that he was supposed to send Wheels back home. And she tells Mike that Wheels is a missing kid and he needs to go home now. Mike then introduces Wheels to the woman and her name, name is Megan. And she and Mike are getting married. Wheels then says, but she's pregnant. <laughs> and Mike is, all, he's, Mike is happy about it and he rubs Megan's belly. Wheels asks Mike if they're going to keep the, he says, you're going to keep the kid, aren't you? And he gets angry because they threw Wheels away. And Mike says that they didn't throw Wheels away. Mike then tells Wheels that uh, he and Wheels' real mother, whose name was Cindy, were too young and not ready to be parents when they had Wheels. That's when Wheels' grandmother shows up, or she arrives at the building looking for Wheels. And meanwhile, Mike tells Wheels that he and Cindy were only 16 when they had him. And that's when Megan chimes in and asks Wheels what kind of father Wheels would be right now, and it wouldn't be fair to the baby. Yeah, no shit. Wheels then says that he wouldn't throw the baby away, and Mike replies that they never threw Wheels away, and they made sure he got a good home. That's when Wheels' grandmother arrives, and she wants to take Wheels home, but he doesn't want, want to because, you know, they'll just put him in a group home. But his grandmother says that that's not true and hasn't been decided, and he needs to go back to school. But Wheels doesn't want to go back to school. He just wants to stay with Mike. And that's when Megan instantly chimes in and says that Wheels cannot stay. And we get the following uh, conversation. 
So you're the birth father? Yeah. This boy has nothing to do with you anymore. Nothing. Michael, he can't stay. He's a teenager. We can barely afford to take care of ourselves, and we have the baby coming. Who says he's staying? You have no rights in this matter at all. My husband and I have been legally appointed to take care of this boy. You, you could be sent to prison. What are you talking about prison? Look, I didn't ask him to come here. I told you you should have called the police. Look, I don't know what you want. I want you to leave this boy alone. What about me? You all talk about what you want. What about what I want? Wait! Derek! Michael, I told you this isn't any of our business. It's my kid, I feel responsible. It's not any... Derek! Wait! Leave me alone. I want you to come back with me. I'm not going back. You're keep running. Where are you going to go? What do you care? Can't you stop for five minutes and realize that we love you? No, you don't. You don't want me. No one wants me. No one cares about me. You selfish, selfish little boy! Your grandfather and I just want to help you! Yeah, man. What a boat wheels. You know? What a boat wheels. <laughs> and yes, he is selfish. And damn it, it's only going to get worse in high school. <laughs> oh, Neil Hope, what a great actor. <laughs> uh, anyway, Wheels comforts his grandmother outside. And she tells him that they love him. And she knows that they're not his parents. Wheels then breaks down and says that he wishes her parents were not dead. And his grandmother wishes the same thing. And they hug each other as Wheels starts to cry. We go back to school the next day. And Allison says to Amy... Allison and Amy, these two friggin' turds. Allison says that she bets Shane is really okay and is just pretending to be hurt. And Amy agrees and says that Shane just doesn't want to get in trouble. Get in trouble for what, you friggin' idiot? Nancy hears this and tells him that Shane isn't faking, that she and Tim saw him in the hospital, and he may never recover. Shane may never recover, not Tim, Shane. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joey and Caitlin arrive as Caitlin is teaching Joey about math stuff, like triangles and stuff. And Joey, you know, doesn't get it, of course. Caitlin then says goodbye, heads off. When Snake arrives and greets Joey, and they quickly see Wheels showing up, and they're excited to see him. Joey apologizes to Wheels for telling his grandmother where he was, but Wheels says that it's okay, and he's glad that Joey told her. Wheels says that he told his grandmother he'd try school again. Joey and Snake then joke to Wheels for a joke about Wheels not being around for a while and offer to reintroduce him to the school as the welcoming committee. They all put their hands together. The Zit Remedy is back. Wheels smiles, freeze frame, and we get the credits. Three excellent, excellent episodes. Just very memorable, especially like the 20 bucks. And the the cops telling Luke that Shane was found at the bottom of a bridge. Man, this show, man, it 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 was just it was our show. I mean, granted, here I am, 44 years old now, still digging it. But I don't I don't I don't even think my mom watched this show. She never watched it with me. I think I only watched it in my room. I had a TV in my room. But yeah, what a phenomenal show. 
But Degrassi Junior High is coming to an end. As the next episode of Degrassi Buddy, we are going to be covering Degrassi Junior High, the final four episodes, episodes 13, 14, 15, and 16, which are entitled, in order, Making Whoopi, Black and White, Party, and Bye Bye Junior High. Cerealandgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby. Whether I have braces or not, I'm still the super cool dude. What a great show. And what great characters. Ah, emotions. Anyway, share this around. Tell everybody about it. Serialandgrapejuice.com And if you have any feedback, memories that you want me to read and critique and, 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 and rate and put stickers on out of 10, that kind of stuff, Leave them a comment uh, on the link to this episode or email me at nairby at gmail.com and I'll do that. The more feedback I get, the more likely I'll continue after Degrassi High with Degrassi The Next Generation. Granted, I only have nine, nine seasons of that on DVD, but a lot of, some of the old school Degrassi characters are in that show, especially in the first season. I mean, heck, Wheels does make an appearance in Degrassi The Next Generation in season three, I believe. That's all I'm going to say. Because we haven't gotten to yet to uh, what or the continuation of Wheels' downhill spot downward spiral. So yeah, but he does make an appearance in Degrassi Next Generation for those who may not have known. Anyway, serialgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. Go there. Thank you for listening. Leave your feedback. Damn it, so I can judge you like Mr. Radich judges Joey and Yik you the disorganized. We haven't seen heard from Yik and Arthur in a while, have we? Oh, well, well we gotta, we got to build up the other characters, but we're going to hear from them again. Anyway, stay tuned for next time as we end Degrassi Junior High uh, figuratively and pretty much literally. <laughs> for those who remember what happens to Degrassi Junior High. Have a lovely day, and we'll see you then.